This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. A waste education program from Powell River recently cleaned up an islet that was partially buried under tires. Cortez Currents republished the story from Quathet Living, and that probably would have ended the matter, except some of you had questions. The biggest one being something between shock and disbelief that such a beautiful islet had actually been turned into a tire dump. So Cortez Currents asked Abby McLennan of Let's Talk Trash for an interview. We first came across Tire Island when we were doing some scouting for shoreline cleanup projects this summer, so early June. We got in partnership with the Ocean Legacy Foundation through the province's Clean Coast Clean Waters Initiative. It was our second summer under this initiative. We saw this little island from afar. It looked like a bunch of black stuff on top of it, like little black mountains. And as we got closer, we saw that it was actually tires. It was overwhelming, the amount of tires we could just see from the water. This little islet is on the east coast of Nelson Island, three quarters of the way down the island. You could see this island when you're on the BC Ferry route heading from Sultry Bay to Earl's Cove. I took that route in October and could see it with my bare eyes from the ferry. It's hard to tell what exactly is on the island, but if you had binoculars, it would show up as tires. We didn't select it as a project in our initial round of cleanups just because it looked pretty complicated. There was no great landing spot and the amount of tires looked pretty overwhelming. Tell me a little bit about your other beach cleanups this year. Where'd you go and what'd you do? We pulled about 22 tons of material out of this derelict aquaculture site just off of Nelson Island that had turned into a dump site. <laughs> we did Harwood Island or Agaixan Island, which is a Tuamination Island. It just has a great south-facing aspect and continues to collect materials. I think the sixth time we've been there, we definitely collected less than we had in past years, but there was still a couple tons of material to get off of there. We pulled close to 30 tons of material out of Oakover Malaspina Inlet. It's like the hot oyster farming inlet. And did a quick cleanup on Savory Island. The residents of Hernando did a cleanup throughout the summer and had material all staged for us at their big community dock. And we got two harder projects for them, beach boats on remote shorelines. We did a little bit up into Desolation Sound, Wellington Channel. There was an old squatters camp that had accumulated a lot of material. Later in the season, after all the established projects were complete, there was some underspent money in our budget. So I was like, I'm now willing to take on this larger Tire Island project. It was right beside an oyster farm. So we reached out to DFO and the lease line came right up to the island, but did not include the island. I contacted the oyster farmer just to make sure it's not their material. And they're just relieved that we would be potentially cleaning this up. Reports that we have are that these tires showed up in the 1990s and... Since the story got published, there was some social media posts, I think, on Ocean Legacy's channel. Someone responded, I used to transport 40-yard bins full of tires up to Egmont for use in an oyster farm. I bet you these are those tires. That's the best report I'd gotten 
the oyster farmer who's been there for a few years had no idea. They had heard some other stories, such as a wood barge that was hired by Transport Canada was transporting tires, and the barge started to sink right outside this lease area, and tires got moved up onto this little island. How many tires were there? 2,409 tires. DFO and the Forest Lands Natural Resource Officer have all been aware of this island. It's been reported a lot. Reports going back to the mid-1990s that just continued to be outside of everyone's jurisdiction to clean up. That's why this Clean Coast Clean Waters funding is so great, is because you can go and tackle these larger scale projects that require more expensive resources like a barge and 30 plus people. We used a staging point 25 kilometers south of Powell River. There's this little dock industrial site, Hummingbird Cove. That's where we got the bins and unloaded the tires from that site. It was a 35-40 minute boat ride. I got the current oyster farmer just to go on land and give us a better estimate of how many tires were there. He said around 2,000. So we're brainstorming about how to best go about this and had only allocated two days. That was how much we'd had and funding for boats and also wages for people. We had access to one of the barges it was like we could rig up some tires, get the crane to lift it, move it. But by the time we got people out of the way, undid the tying and stack the tires, we thought it would be best just to try and get as many people as possible and just go totally by human chain and muscle power. I was pleasantly surprised to be able to get 30 workers and a couple boat operators. So there's 33 people in total came out the very last weekend of October, right when the weather turned. So it's cold, a little bit drizzly, and I was expecting to not be able to get all the tires. I was like, we'll just get as many as we can. They'll know how many's left, and that's better than nothing. But we were able to get every last single tire and not work a super full day. We were done by around 3.30, 4 o'clock each of those days. Hummingbird Cove had a nice big beach. Our big barge could come in for unloading. It had lots of space for bins because we transported all the tires and bins to our waste transfer site. From there, they went to the Tired Stewardship Recycling Program. What happens to all the rubber now? They make it into crumb rubber. That's that new playground rubber that you see on playgrounds, school fields, track and field holes. But I will say there's a lot of studies now on the toxicity of the rubber from tires and how when cars are going on roadways, there's little microplastic bits of this tire rubber that goes on the roadways, ends up going into storm drains and into the ocean. And also when you have playgrounds and such in coastal communities, which are inherently close to the ocean, you're getting these microplastic bits of rubber leaking out of the playgrounds and, again, finding themselves in waterways. So use of this crumb rubber, I think, is questionable. Is there anything you want to add? I think it's really worthwhile if people see sites that look derelict or they need to be cleaned up, is to report them. There's different channels. There's a DFO line you can call to report back. And also just reporting to the Ocean Legacy Foundation, because they constantly are getting funding for cleanup. It's great if we can have this database of sites that need to be cleaned. So when we do get funding, we don't have to spend a lot of time scouting.
You've been listening to an interview with Abby McLennan of Let's Talk Trash. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye. <laughs>